guys, Brett Apple here from dailyfanmma.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC Long Island on Saturday, which features Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez in the main event. Should be a good one. 12 fights on the slate and a lot of fun matchups. I think it may be a little bit difficult of a card from a DraftKings perspective, but from a just entertainment fan enjoyment perspective, there's a lot of fun fights on this card. I'm really looking forward to it. As usual, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and we'll talk about another tournament fight as well that I'm targeting. Been having fun with that, been doing pretty well with that. So uh, going to give you those picks in a second. And before I do, please make sure to subscribe to the Mayo Media Network, like the video, and let me know, uh, give me who you think is going to earn the fastest finish on this slate. There are like a number of fighters who I think have a realistic chance to win inside the distance, hard to say for sure um, with a lot of them, but if you can really nail down which ones are going to come through with an early finish, as usual, you're going to have a leg ahead on the field. So if you have a take on who's going to get the fastest finish on this slate, let me know. Let me know in the comments section below. Uh, maybe we'll give you a shout out on the next card. All right, without further ado, let's jump into my cash game play of the week, which is going to be Brian Ortega at 8.5K. All right, for cash games this week, I like Brian Ortega at 8.5K. You know the drill with cash. And, and I don't feel so confident in the top range this week, which we'll touch on. But um, the main event feels like a, a very good fight to target in cash games. Ortega is minus 170 to beat Rodriguez and this fight is obviously scheduled for five rounds. I do think Rodriguez is a live underdog. I think he has a path to victory. I think he can excel at range, landing a high volume of kicks. But even in that situation, I still feel like Rodriguez is more likely to win by decision than win inside the distance. Uh, Rodriguez, for example, plus 365 to win inside the distance. Ortega's just very, very tough. You know, he, he doesn't... He doesn't defend strikes very well. That's one of his negatives. He's absorbing 6.69 significant strikes per minute. Just got beaten up pretty badly by Holloway and Volkanovski, but but still survived. Um, you know, was technically knocked out by Holloway, but I don't think he's been knocked down um, outside of a fight against Clay Guida back in 2016. So generally tough. I still think Ortega has a relatively high floor. And in terms of the matchup itself, um, Ortega can win this fight if it plays out on the feet as well. He's definitely an improving boxer. I like his hands a little bit better than Rodriguez, and I think if Ortega can consistently close the distance, he's going to have success more on the inside where he's just a superior boxer and a more damaging striker. But the obvious upside, especially from a DraftKings perspective, is what happens if this fight hits the mat. Rodriguez like has a submission, back, submission grappling background to a degree, but... It hasn't. His wrestling and grappling hasn't looked great against good competition. He's been taken down a handful of times throughout his UFC career. Sixty percent takedown defense. Three takedowns gave up against Jeremy Stevens. Um, you know, one one by Frankie Edgar, which resulted in a ground and pound stoppage to Caceres, to Feely, to Dan Hooker, to Charles Rosa, and most recently to Max Holloway. And that's kind of the big red flag. That was in November of twenty one, and Max Holloway took him down a few times. Max Holloway mounted him. Max Holloway had a pretty deep guillotine locked up. 
And Brian Ortega is a very, very dangerous black belt in jiu-jitsu, a very opportunistic submission grappler to the point that he almost beat Alexander Volkanovsky with a guillotine choke slash triangle choke um, after having almost no success up to that point in the fight. One slip from Volkanovsky, Ortega was on his neck. And the downside with Ortega is that he doesn't really wrestle that often in his first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven UFC fights. Ortega landed a combined one takedown. Major red flag for me, partially why I was so confident betting against him uh, when he was like even money against Holloway in their title fight. But I will say in his last three fights, he's now landed seven takedowns. That is an improvement. And the more Ortega wrestles, the more confident I am in his ability to win fights because he's such an elite submission grappler. I want him to have grappling exchanges. And because he's improving as a grappler and because Yair gives up takedowns, I do think there's at least an opportunity for Ortega to have success on the ground, land takedowns, earn dominant position, potentially lock up a submission, though the submission... I wouldn't say is, is at all guaranteed. Ortega plus 150 to win inside the distance. Five rounds to work with. Does land strikes at a very high volume. Landed, not a very high volume, a, a moderate volume. Landed 127 over five rounds against the Korean Zombie. 110 against Max Holloway. Relatively decent floor for this price. Uh, and a considerable amount of grappling upside and some submission upside as well. So 8.5K as a minus 170 favorite in the main event. Ortega makes for a very good cash game play this week. Moving on to tournaments, and I'm going to talk about Shane Burgos at 9K. And quite frankly, the tournament play of the week has sucked um, in the recent past, though I will say it's par partially why I, I like to talk about fights as a whole is because it's just easier to identify high-scoring fights as a whole than it is to identify individually high-scoring fighters. And so like last week, for example, I, I really liked Ronnie Lawrence. If Ronnie Lawrence won that fight against Kakramanov or going forward, if Lawrence wins going forward, is probably going to come from a high number of takedowns. And... A high number of takedowns is going to lead to a big DraftKings score. So I'm always going to play Ronnie Lawrence win or lose. But he was only, you know, minus 120 for a reason. And that's why we also talked about the opposite side of that fight. So you're getting leverage on Kakramanov in case the Lawrence pick doesn't work out. Kakramanov was likely to win inside the distance or put up a decent score. He ended up kind of dominating Lawrence on the mat, which wasn't expected. But, and although we missed on the Lawrence play... Hopefully, we're also overweight on that fight as a whole. It's a similar story with Burgos versus Jordan this week. I, I like Shane Burgos. I like him for his striking pace. He lands strikes at an incredible rate. He's willing to throw down. He's got big power. 7.95 significant strikes landed per minute um, against an opponent in Jordan who's willing to stand and trade as well. Jordan is absorbing 4.5 significant strikes per minute, but... But the reason why I like Burgos is because this fight is projected to take place at such a high pace. It's not because Burgos is any sort of a stretch of a lock to win. He's minus 165 to win. And we've seen the downside to Burgos is that he eats a lot of shots in return, absorbing 6.69 significant strikes per minute. Um, 
coming off a win against Billy Quarantillo, but was knocked out by Edson Barbosa prior to that, was knocked down twice by Josh Emmett prior to that, was knocked out by Calvin Cater earlier in his career. Burgos just absorbs a lot of strikes, and he gets hurt often. So um, am I that confident Burgos, Burgos is going to win? Not really. Um, but I do really like the pace of this fight, and I'm projecting a high number of exchanges with potential knockdown, knockout equity on both sides. I mean, Burgos landed 193 significant strikes in three rounds against Billy Quarantillo. He's going to be a bigger fighter than Jordan. He's 5'11", Jordan's 5'9", 75-inch reach for Burgos, 69-inch reach for Jordan. And I think these they're just going to stand and trade. Um, and from a DraftKings perspective, this is an interesting range because Soriano at 9.2K, Sumo Dierji, 9.1k Dwight Grant 8.9k these fighters are not going to be scoring points unless they get an early knockout and so pretty much all of them you're kind of hoping for early knockout and if not they're they're going to bust from a fantasy perspective Burgos is a little bit different to the point where even if he wins a decision he may not end up optimal but he has a, a much safer floor in a decision win or loss because he's actually going to throw strikes at a high volume um, Jordan has almost no takedown defense, so there's some wrestling upside for Burgos as well. If he actually chooses to use it, he probably won't. But uh, so yeah, in a decision, Burgos has a relatively high floor, floor and a decent ceiling. He scored 119 points in the decision in this last fight, and he has knockdown, knockout upside, upside as well. Plus 155 to win inside the distance. That's still decent. 9K, you know, isn't the most expensive price tag to pay. I think we're going to see ownership spread out in this range, and I will be spreading out ownership myself, but I do like Burgos at 9K for his floor and ceiling in a victory. And on the flip side, Jordan, Jordan at 7.2K, you need exposure to him as well. You need exposure to him, simply put. You need exposure to Jordan because if he wins, it's going to be a crazy high-paced fight, and he's probably going to knock Burgos out. Um, I don't necessarily expect him to be winning the whole fight, but Jordan is a, the type of fighter who kind of gets better the longer the fight goes, and in a wild, high-paced fight like this, that's minus 155 to end inside the distance. It's a good fight to attack, and I like Jordan um, for his price as well. Moving on to my salary play of the week, I'm going to give out Dustin Stoltzfus at 7.3K. This is a uh, interesting odds value target here. Stoltzfus taking on Dwight Grant. Grant's only minus 132. Stoltzfus plus 112. So it's it's you know approaching even money there. But Grant's priced all the way up to 8.9K. Stoltzfus 7.3K. So we're getting a plus 112 underdog at 7.3K. In a matchup that doesn't make me very comfortable, I will say, because Stoltzfus is 0-3 in the UFC. He hasn't yet won. He's not very good, like necessarily at anything. But in comparison to striking versus grappling, I do think Stoltzfus is a decent grappler. And he's fought and lost to Kyle Dawkins, who's a good grappler, Adolfo Vieira, who's an elite grappler, and Gerald Mearshart, who makes a living grappling. And now Stolzfus gets Dwight Grant, who at the very least is a step down in competition from those fighters. Grant might be the better striker here, um, but doesn't land strikes at a very high rate, 3.26 per minute. Also doesn't wrestle much at all, averages 0.7 takedowns landed per 15 minutes. 
68% takedown defense. That seems fine for Grant. However, I will say he's been taken down by each by six of his last seven opponents. Um, and not against great competition. We're talking Zach Otto. Uh, Stefan Sekulic took him down three times. Sergey Kandosko took him down. He's gotten taken down by pretty much everyone he's faced. And he's actually moving up from 170 to 185 in this matchup. He's not going to be undersized, really, to Stoltzfus, but just something to consider. And bottom line being, am I confident in Stoltzfus winning? I'm not. However, if he wins, I think there's a pretty good chance it comes from takedowns and control to a degree. And at 7.3K, that's just too hard for me to pass up, especially as he's plus 112 to win. Plus 305 inside the distance, not amazing, but decent for the price, even outside of a a submission or a TKO. I think Stoltzfus can pay off this price in in a victory. he could be popular based on odds value. It's just if you look at his box score, he doesn't have any scores more than 46 points. So I don't know that the public will be dying to fit him in. Um, simply put, we should be targeting odds value to a degree. It should at least be on your radar. Stoltzfus is cheap enough, plus the grappling potential in a decent matchup. I'm absolutely willing to take shots on him this week. Stoltzfus is my salary play of the week. And finally, my other favorite tournament matchup of the week, I'm going to talk about Bill Algio versus Herbert Burns. Algio is the favorite, minus 210. Burns plus 175. Algio is 8.7K. Burns 7.5K. This is going to be a really good fight, I think, and I'm, I'm pretty interested in the underdog Burns, but it's a good fight to target across the board because of Burns' style. He is, uh, I'd say, a semi-aggressive grappler, you know, the brother to Gilbert Burns. Um, a black belt in jiu-jitsu, uh, has a bunch of submissions on his record, but the longer the fight goes, the less certain we are in him. He last fought in 2020 against Daniel Pineda, landed three takedowns, but couldn't really control Pineda, ended up on the bottom, ended up getting beat up badly, lost by TKO like with a mounted crucifix. So really, really bad performance, I would say. And then he like blew out his ACL in 2021, so... He's been out for a while. Um, however, Burns still trains at a good camp. Um, he still has taken down each of his three UFC opponents. He is actually a good grappler, and he's facing Algio, who gives up a lot of takedowns. I mean, in Algio's last five fights, he's given up three, five, four, eight, and two takedowns. Takedown defense of 55%. He tends to survive because he's got good cardio and he's also a black belt in jiu-jitsu. But I definitely think Burns can have early grappling success in this matchup. And for, what, 7.5K price tag, I think he's a very good salary target. I'll probably aim to be overweight on him, to be completely honest. He's plus 275 inside the distance. I don't know if people are going to aggressively target him, but I think... And I'm not that confident that he's going to win because if if he cannot finish Algeo early, which seems maybe unlikely, it's quite possible that he slows down looks just as bad as he did in 2020 and fades and and gets finished or loses but that's why this matchup as a whole is very intriguing to me because if burns doesn't come through with an early finish early ground domination and loses it it could be just because he gasses out like he did against daniel pineda and against a a fighter like algio who's got great cardio who can throw volume who can wrestle a little bit 
Man, I mean, Burns yielded a ton of points to Pineda in that last loss. So if if he simply gassed and and cannot physically pr- produce any offense, he might be a sitting duck. He might be a sitting duck, and he might get finished again. I'm much more concerned with Algio, I would say, at 8.7K because perhaps he does get outgrappled early. That limits his DraftKings ceiling. Um, but he's still plus 185 inside the distance. He still has striking upside. He still has grappling upside against an opponent with historic cardio and maybe defensive wrestling weaknesses. So I think this is going to be a fun matchup, a high-paced matchup, and I really like it because of the defensive grappling kind of holes on both sides. Burns, early potential, early grappling potential, great target for his price. Algio is going to be playing the long game, but theoretically the long game could still lead to a big score. The fight is, uh, let's see, minus 150 to end inside the distance. So another very good matchup on this UFC Long Island slate. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you again for the support. You can follow me on Twitter, BirdAppley, double T, double P, dailyfanmma.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. Best of luck in your contest this week, guys. Stay safe. Take care. We'll talk to you all soon. Peace.